Hello there, all. Thank you for joining me on the podcast for Women Over 50. I am the founder and the host of this podcast series. And I also have a website called For Women Over 50, as well as a Facebook group for Women Over 50, for those of you who like what we're doing and want to join and be part of the community. So the whole goal of this podcast is obviously to share and to communicate with people in our stage of our life, but also to look to the future that this part of our lives can be the best part of our lives. So I will be interviewing ordinary women, just like you and I, who are doing special things in this next stage of their existence on earth. And today we will be talking with Maddie Malfa, now, Maddie is a friend of mine since we were very, very young. Um, 10 years old, Maddie, would you say? Yes, 10 years old. Hi. Hi, this is Maddie Malfa. Maddie is actually a nurse. She's on her second career. She was in the fashion business like I have been for the last um, 40 years, but she probably, would you say 15 years I you did 15, it? Yeah, 15-ish years, Yes, and now she's a nurse, and she's been a nurse for how long have you been doing that? Since Wow, so it's been a very long time. And she's quite good at it also. But, yes, she really knows her stuff, and she's a very caring and nurturing nurse. But we're not having her on this um, podcast for her knowledge of nursing or for her knowledge of the fashion industry. Actually, Maddie is bringing something a little bit different to the table in this particular podcast. Maddie has found the love of her life. Yes. In, and how old were you when you found him? I think I was 58. 58, so she was definitely over 50. And she's in love. They're passionately in love. They live together in a beautiful house that they bought together and share. Their families are close and they just have this wonderful, nurturing, special kind of relationship. And he is her soulmate. And, right. and it's so great to find love in this second phase of her life. Uh, what I want to share with you today is how Maddie has done this. How has she managed to create this in her life. So why don't you just tell us, I gave them a little bit of a backdrop about your story. Why don't you tell more about that to our audience? Well, it's been quite a journey, Maria, um, I must say. And I do agree that with a lot of the things that you said, I just sort of like, well, I just jump in there a couple of times. Um, I think that when you're looking at this stage of your life, your priorities are completely different. When you're young, you're thinking about you know, raising a family and saving for your future and stuff like that. And thankfully, my honey and I, our children are grown and advanced. So we are both empty nesters. And we met each other as empty nesters, which really, you know, I have to say for me personally and for him as well, because I can speak for him, um, because I didn't have to worry about children and other people myself. And I think that's one of the things that the stage of my life brought for me um, that I've finally 
been able to put me first because all my life I put, you know, I was a little kid growing up, I wanted to please my parents, I wanted to please my teachers, I wanted to please the adults around me, I wanted to please my employer, and I still want to please my employer because I'm still employed. However, I still am in a place now where I can and do put me first. And I must say that's a first for me. And I imagine you're enjoying the process. Yes, because everything is so new. So when I started this journey to meet a man, I, I heard from people who I find you know, to be intelligent and in the know and you know, kind of spiritual too, because this has also been kind of a spiritual journey, this, this joining of, of us. And I was like heard or told or read that you should put things down on a piece of paper. Write down the things that you want in your soulmate or in your partner. What a great idea. The things that you absolutely must have and then the things that you would like to have. So I have to say, if I'm cutting to the chase, I'm going to tell you that when I did write that piece of paper, I kept it for a very long time and I added to it. When I thought of something, when I realized something about myself, I, I added it to my list. Because it was to my must-have or my would like to have. And I have to tell you that the partner that I met has 100% of my must-haves. And there's very few of my would like to have. <laughs> That's great that he has all your must-haves. He has all the must-haves. He doesn't have as many as I would like, uh, I would like to have. But that's okay because he has all the musts, and and that makes all the difference for me. And like I said earlier, my priorities have really shifted. Yes, I think that your must-haves have probably changed. And I think that as we get to know ourselves, we know what it is we want in a man. Whereas we're in our 20s, we think we know. But then we get this, you know, guy and... You know, in your case, you've been married before. You had found someone that, you know, he didn't treat you like you were the be-all and the end-all like every other man did because you're quite a beautiful woman. And and all of the other guys, you know, fawned all over you, and he didn't. And you thought, wow, this is refreshing. But it really wasn't refreshing because right. if you were really thinking about it, you should want someone who fawns all over you. You don't want someone who don't, doesn't think you're hot shit, you know? You're absolutely right. I think absolutely. So how did you go about meeting him? You know, that's one of the challenges that comes up for us because, you know, when we're younger, we meet people in school, in our first jobs, you know, there's a lot of different places, but when you get to a certain point and in this climate of the world right now, I mean, not just the pandemic, but just the way things are done, you know, the traditional old ways that we did it isn't how it's done now. So how did... Yes. Yeah, so, so how did you do I, it? I well, I have to say that putting that list together was a very important element of the journey. That was just my stepping stone. And then I just started to date. And, you know, I was, you know, asked out and I had a 
punch dates, and I started to date somebody in particular that I had met, and I was enjoying dating him, and we were having a lot of fun going out and doing all the things that I had been really striving to do, mm-hmm. that were on, were not on my must-have list, it was all my, just would be fun if, right. you know, I was on the have list. But he didn't have the must-haves, did he? He did not have most of the must-haves, but he had lots of the, you know, we'd like to haves. And that also clarified a lot of stuff for me. So I realized I needed to widen my, my, I guess, pick of dates that were offered to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you hear about online dating. So I decided to join a couple of sites. So I joined two particular sites that sounded right to me. And I join sites that I had to pay for because I felt that whoever I was going to meet, I would want somebody who was going to pay. I didn't want somebody who was looking for a free ride and going on a free site to figure out what, you know, he could get for free. So I wanted somebody who was serious and willing, you know, to put some, you know, money behind his mouth and who was, you know, equally serious looking and not just a good friend. Have a good evening. So that was the next step, was joining two dating sites and paying for them. So then I did what the sites told me to say. They give you recommendations on reading the downloads. And like one in particular would send you the, like a whole list of about 12 people to spend on a daily basis. So after I came home from work, I actually had to sit down for about two hours a day, and I went through all the emails that I got from the dating sites. I looked at every single picture and profile that they sent me and put it in the yes column or the no column. And at the end of the sorting process, I emailed these people and, you know, introduced myself. And I did this on a daily basis, as I said, and it was really becoming like a part-time job. And it was actually exhausting a lot of the time. But after I did this for a couple of weeks, I started, you know, talking to different people and met some scammers, figured that stuff out, and also learned how to separate the scammer people from the real people. So that would be a whole, whole other conversation that we would have, so I won't go into that now because um, it's complicated and detailed. But there's definitely um, a method to that if you know, if you ever want to talk about that. So anyway, so once I started to actually make real dates, I also decided that I was not going to accept any coffee dates. I felt that if I had to put on a cute outfit and get my hair clean and beautiful and put on makeup and mascara and do all this, you know, dressing up, cute stuff on wearing heels and clapping out my house and driving to meet some guy that that was not going to be for a cup of coffee you have to pay so you have to take me to dinner and you have to you know figuring i'm sitting with somebody for approximately two hours if we're going out to dinner right and you would be so surprised what you could learn about a man in two hours over dinner you get to see how they sit you get to see how they speak. You get to see if they pull out a chair for you. They get You get to see how they talk to the waitress, whether they have good manners. You get to see if they drink. 
if they drink, how they drink. Like, do they drink too much? Do they drink not at all? What do they think if you drink? What do they think if you don't drink? Do they use their fork properly? Do they put their napkin in their lap? Do they wipe their mouth? Do they eat with food in their mouth? There's so many things. Well, I hope they eat with food in their mouth, but I imagine you meant talk with food in your mouth. Gross, right? All sorts of interesting um, dates that I had, and I really started to realize how much you could really learn in two hours over a meal. Yeah, I guess. And also, um, most of the people asked me where I wanted to go, so I picked a location that was in a shopping center. And I purposely picked this particular location because the restaurant happened to be an excellent place. It was not cheap, but it was not outrageously expensive, so I thought it was, you know, fair but good. And also, the fact that it was in a shopping center enabled me to leave any date and get to my car without being followed. So it made me feel very safe. Because in a small parking lot, it's much easier to pull out after somebody. But in something as dispersed as this place was with supermarket nearby, it would be impossible to get you know behind me on the way out. So I had all, like a lot of things really thought through. And also, the place knew me and the waiters knew me. So they also knew what I was up to. So, so they kind of nice looked out for you, wouldn't you say? Right. It's nice to know someone has an eye on you. So that's another thing that, you know, we could think about as women, these ways to make sure that we're safe when we go out and ways that we can protect ourselves. So, And who paid for dinner? Well, I expected him to pay every single time. And I'm going to tell you that every single man picked up the check except for one. And this particular person was also a person who had put his fork in my plate before he asked me if that was okay. So I thought that was also very interesting. And at the end of the meal, when he asked me if it would be okay to split it with him, I was not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> He kind of set you up for it. I kind of of was waiting to see if he was going to do that, and sure enough, he did. He had some other odd behaviors that I won't go into because I would be speaking with someone too personally, I think, in this situation. But anyway, when he asked me to um, split the bill, I, of course, said no problem. And, of course, ladies, you always have to be ready to split the bill. You know, go, don't go to a place that you can't afford half of. Right. So anyway, I was ready to split the bill, and of course I did. And we both had doggy bags. And I thought, since he needed to split the bill with me, and since he already had his fork in my plate, I gave him both of the dishes, thinking he needed them more than I did at that point. <laughs> and, and, and I really think that it went over well, because he took both of those dishes home. I'm sure he did. He wanted to get his money's worth. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's a man. Uh, that's a man that's not attractive to me. Okay, so that was never going to be a second date. And at the time when I would go to work, um, the people at work also knew what was going on, and they would say to me, "So, Maddie, how was your date?" And I would tell them, and they would say, "So, will he have a second date?" And I would say, "No." Have a second date. So I went on many, many first dates. Yeah, and you needed to, to, you had to kiss a lot of frogs before you kissed your friend. It's true. And, and I have to tell you, though, even though it was, it was exhausting, 
going out to dinner um, three, four times a week with different bands was actually fun for a while. And my refrigerator was filled with leftovers. I didn't have to cook for the longest time. So that was my payment for taking the time to pretty up and put on nice perfume and mascara. You're right. The mascara is the bad part. Who wants right. to be bothered? Because you don't just have yeah. to put it on, you have to take it off. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. it's a lot of effort. I have to do all that, you have to pay. So that's how I approached it. And it really works out well for me. Right, I, because you met this really wonderful man. And the, the you're... Thing, go when, ahead. When, when this man, my man, um, and I were making our first date arrangements, and I suggested my usual, you know, place in the shopping center. She said, you know, that seems awfully far for you to drive. Why don't I meet you in your neighborhood? I'll come to you. It's okay. Wow. And I went, oh, okay. But by that point, um, I kind of knew that he was different from the rest. And when I went to meet him that night, I kind of knew that, who I would, that he was the one. You're kidding. That's no. funny. Wow. Yeah. So you met the I, love of your, your life. And now you get to be with him. And yeah. it's exciting. And, you know, using these websites is, you know, something really great that you can now do this. It's like shopping. You know, you could go shopping with a... Yeah, and you don't have to go on dates with everyone who responds to you. You could go on dates as you're, you know, if you find someone interesting. So you could let your fingers do the walking. Right. So, and, you know, and you have to try to have fun with it also. You know, you have to decide what, what rules work for you and what pace you want to go at. And I gave myself, I signed up for the three-month membership, and I said to myself, that's it, lady. You've got 90 days. You'll either get it or you're off. <laughs> and, I not, and I was not willing to renew. I was on fast track. And that's why I was going out so much, because I was, I was just sorting through the next... The, yes. you, you approach it like a, a goal. You approach right. it like a business. Right. I knew he was out there. I just had to find him. So let, let's move on from this subject. I think that this is really great information. And I think that um, a lot of women do want to meet someone new, whether it's a man or a woman, you know, after they've divorced or they're widowed or maybe they've never been married but they'd right. like to have a next um, partner. So I think it's great that um, Match.com worked for you. What was the other site that you used? Um, it's not necessary, but uh, I don't think it should be. Okay. So yeah. you feel that um, this site was much better than the other and the other wasn't so as great? Uh, but just the way it works for me. I don't think that you know any of them are better than, I think they're all pretty much the same, honestly. Uh -huh. I think there's no for paying some kind of a fee. I think that's important. And I think that it has to offer you some kind of delivery service where they throw some things at you to look through. Right. According to the way you filled out your profile. And that you have to put in the time 
just then you have to read what they send you. They tell you, they recommend to you. And if you read what they tell you, and they also tell you about how to pick out scammers and stuff, and if you actually read everything they send you, you will be more successful. Because they know how it works too. They know Right, they're the, the experts. The tells you what to do. You just have to read it and do it. Um, okay. That sounds great. Thank you for sharing that. So I want to ask you a couple of questions that I ask people on my podcast. So what's the best thing you've discovered about being a woman over 50? Well, I think that when I was younger, I tended to be a more inhibited type of woman. And as I got older, I was able to not that I'm disinhibited, but I'm less, you know, I'm more relaxed with myself sexually and just physically, just, you know, more comfortable in my body. That's and great. I think, and I think that's something that definitely happens, like, you know, as wine ages and becomes better. I think women are like that, too. I don't think it's just a saying. I think it's really true. So you know, if you were to say that um, you have superpowers now that you didn't have in your 20s what would be the top three that you have mm, superpowers yeah well, the fact that i am now in control of my life is really kind of like huge because like i kind of said earlier when you're young you have your teachers your parents your spouse your kids all these other people and it's kind of like I'm in control now and I don't think I was in, in this kind of control when I was younger so I'd say being in control of my life is a huge superpower um of course as a healthcare worker we've already been told that we were superheroes so I could maybe use that for one of them <laughs> <laughs> absolutely being an RN and I actually took care of um a large group of COVID positive people during the pandemic and managed to stay negative and I'm negative on my swab and negative on my antibodies. So that was nice. I was able to stay healthy and take care of sick people. I'd say that's pretty good. I think so. Um, and uh, the fact that you give to other people and you're very nurturing is a great superpower to have. Thank you. It makes me feel good to you know, to help other people and, you know, to have people walk away with a smile and tell me something endearing. It really, it really does. Yeah, I think sometimes when we give, we get more than we realize. I, I agree with that a million percent. So do you have a really third know. superpower? I don't know. I think that, I think that my mantra, though, is kind and i think it's this might not sound so super to some but it's really super to me and i think it's super to mankind is just be kind and i think my strongest superpower is my kindness you know something i think kindness changes the world thank you i agree absolutely so is there a particular woman who inspires you that's over 50 
Oh, I'm an inspiration. I love to hear that. Thank you. Um, well, I think that, you know, I do have a wonderful group of close friends, and I think all of them are inspiring in their own unique ways, and they know who they are, including you. And I think that's probably um, a really strong factor for me. And there was a teacher in the nursery school or two that were particularly wonderful in helping me grow as a human being. And Ellen and Betty know who they are and were. And um, another Teresa. I think that's a great role model. Mine um, is Golda Meir, which I've said before. I've always found her to be uh, my idol, but I think um, Mother Teresa is an incredible um, role model. And I think she speaks to what you are about, which is being right. kind. Right, kind. So you're yeah. consistent. <laughs> <laughs> It was so wonderful having you on our show. Thanks, it was so fun. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I think that um, you gave people a lot of stuff to think about. People who are ready um, to get back on the dating scene, or maybe they're already in the dating scene. And um, your information gives them hope and guidance about like how to go about it, you know? Right. I'm sure about it. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, you are contributing a lot. So, again, I want to thank you for being a part of our show and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Mm -hmm.